The LA Clippers were looking to tie the series at two games apiece on Saturday afternoon, but it would not be as they planned. With Kawhi Leonard and Paul George missing yet another game, Russell Westbrook tried his hardest to lead the Clippers to a victory, but it was not to be as Kevin Durant and Devin Booker closed the door yet again. Going to be talking about the game, what felt like a carbon copy of Game 3, what Russell Westbrook has shown in this series, and what else there is to expect on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the Clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team, every day. I'm your host, Darian Viziri, in my 18th season as a Clipper fan. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod and subscribe to my very own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for more Clipper content. Went live after the game, was at Game 3, posted a video of it, and Locked On Clippers is free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms, including YouTube, where I want you to comment... What was the biggest thing that disappointed you about the Clippers' two-game homestand? Could be a player, could be something we did not do that you wanted us to see, could be a decision made, I don't know. You tell me what disappointed you the most in these two games. Shades of 2019 where the Clippers just can't get a win at home in the playoffs, potentially, and against KD again. I mean, in 20, I would say 2021 because we lost our first three home games, but then we did win game seven and then went undefeated at home in the Jazz series. But in this episode, going to be talking about the game, of course, and then Russell Westbrook and what he has shown and proven in this series. And then going to obviously be closing out, looking forward towards game five and what to expect. But this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the best daily fantasy entry app around. It's not versus anybody in particular. It's just you and the projections available. Going to be talking about prize picks in a bit. But let's talk about the game. This game to me felt like a carbon copy of Game 3 in many ways. Thought the Clippers started out pretty well. Intensity. But there was a change made. Nicholas Batum to the bench. Marcus Morris Sr. in the starting lineup. And look, I think Sr. had some decent defensive moments. But... Overall, it was the exact same kind of thing we saw in the regular season. Getting beat off the dribble too easily. Just didn't really have his knees, didn't have his legs. All his shots are short after the first quarter. And it was just a typical Marcus Morris Sr. kind of game that we've seen this season. And, you know, he played more than Rocco. He played more than uh, Nico. And it wasn't a very good decision, in my opinion, by Ty Lue. It wasn't a very good decision, but we've been complaining about that all season. And by the way... If you see me, if you're watching the visual version, looking elsewhere, like it's look like I'm looking at my phone. I am looking at my phone because I'm looking at the box score on my phone because recently, for whatever reason, my computer has just been getting extra, extra hot when I'm recording. So going to the box score makes my, makes my picture lag and stuff. So I'm just using my phone for it in this one. Um, so apologies for that if I'm not making as much eye contact as you would like. But Marcus Morris, nine points and three rebounds 
on three for 13 from the field, one for eight from deep. He played more than Robert Covington. He played more than Nicholas Batum. He played more than Ivica Zubats. He played more than Mason Plumley, And he played more than Bones Highland. Is that the reason the Clippers lost? Couldn't be further from the from why. You know, to lead the first quarter up by seven, you know, was a great start again. It reminded me of game three, a little bit like game one as well. And it's funny because you might be thinking, Nicholas Batum is out, so who's guarding who? Eric Gordon was taking Kevin Durant primarily, and then Russell Westbrook on Devin Booker. And it was funny because Kevin Durant in the first half, he wasn't really going at Eric Gordon like that. It was really funny. I thought KD was really not great for his standards in the first half. Just kind of going through the motions, deferring. But Devin Booker was good. Devin Booker was really good. And Torrey Craig, you know, he still continued to make shots for them. It was It's just been amazing what he's been shooting like in this series. And, and pretty frustrating to say the least. Eight points, five rebounds, not a crazy in-your-face game from Craig. Four for seven from the field. Did not make a three, though. It didn't feel like that watching the game, I might add. Oh, for two from deep. And, but the Suns, you know, they don't shoot that many threes, but they shot well from three, better than the Clippers in this game. 41% from deep on nine for 22 shooting. The Clippers shot 15 more threes, only made three more, though. 32% shooting from three. So, you know, a lot of it's a make-or-miss league. The Clippers got a lot of decent looks, looks that they've made all season. We've only really gotten one great three-point shooting game, and that was the game that they, the only game they shot over 40%, but we haven't had a 45% or more three-point shooting game. That game was game three, and it was unfortunate that we did not get the job done in that one. But the Clippers, going into the second, uh, going into the half, down by one, being down, it was because of the turnovers. So when I say it, was, it felt like a copy of game three, I remember at halftime, at the arena, the one thing we needed to do was take care of the ball better. In that game, it was Norman Powell and Russell Westbrook that were scoring. In this one, it was Russell Westbrook and a little bit of the bench mob, a little bit of Terrence Mann. You know, Mason Plumley was electric. There was a lineup with Mason Plumley and a couple of guards. I think it was Russ, Bones Highland, Eric Gordon, and Terrence. And then at one point, it became Nico instead of Russ. But he was finding guys on back cuts. The floor was spaced around him. And Plumley's a good passer out of that high post, kind of similar to Isaiah Hartenstein was and what he was like for us. There was one pass he made, Mason, where he saved it, threw it over his head to Eric Gordon for a three. It was just amazing. And Eric Gordon, that was one of only two threes for him. He only had 10 points. He shot efficiently from the field, four for eight, but two for six from deep. Thought defensively was pretty good, and I thought defensively in this series we've gotten the good EJ, but offensively, given the shorthandedness, we needed more from EJ. We really did. And it pains me to say that because obviously I really like the guy and this is his first playoff series as a Clipper, but he's shooting thir- he's shooting 36% from three, 42.5% from the field. So it's not horrendous. Um, the 36% from three doesn't really bother me that much considering it's only 1% less than what he shot in the regular season. But 44.6% from the field is what he shot in the regular season. So to be 2% below For his field goal percentage, I don't know. I just, we needed a little bit more from him considering who we're missing. And Norman Powell having a four for 15 game, I mean, that didn't help either. Two for six from deep. You know, I thought he still attacked, you know, scored 14 points, was our second leading scorer, but our second leading scorer was four for 15. It's going to be hard to win. Third quarter, I thought, you know, that's been the quarter that the Suns have really won in the series. They won it 35 to 31. 
And it started to get tough because KD, he woke up in that third quarter. He was starting to get to his spots, get to his bag. And it was funny because Nico Batum only played six minutes. We instead played Robert Covington. We put him in the second half, and he was switched on to KD a lot. And by the way, we were switching Mason Plumley onto certain guys. And there was one time where Chris Paul finally blew past somebody, Mason Plumley. And maybe in hindsight, it wasn't best to switch Mason Plumley out there. You know, his hedging was, it was doing okay. It's just tough when you're giving up open shots, especially when Kevin Durant and Torrey Craig and Devin Booker have been shooting well in this series. But if it's a Zubats, I want to make a quick point about him. Thought it, we saw a little bit of, you know, the good and bad of Zoo in this game. First quarter, awful. Looked soft, not catching the ball. Second quarter, and the beginning of the third, much better. His drop coverage was better. He was doing a decent job of just coming up enough just to deter the you know, ball handlers. And not just leaving Aiton wide, wide open. But overall, Zoo has probably been, of all Clipper players, the biggest disappointment for me. Because I've been so pro-Zoo all season, but he's been so just kind of soft. He hasn't been as aggressive on the boards. He hasn't been as demanding of the ball. He hasn't been sealing the same way. He hasn't been going up strong the same way. Hasn't been trying to dunk. You know, he just hasn't looked confident. He's been complaining for calls. And I get it. Zoo gets a terrible whistle. I've been saying that for years now. But four points and nine rebounds in a do-or-die game, two for five, 24 minutes, I get it. The matchup's not great for him. You know, he's really good in drop coverage, but these are the drop coverage killers. But still, he can do better than this. And you've seen stretches where in this series, he plays good defense in his drop coverage. So it's more about Zoo and what kind of Zoo we're getting. And in my opinion, he's been the biggest disappointment. But you know who hasn't been a disappointment? Russell Westbrook, who just, I mean, I mean I'm going to get into it more in a, in a second, but absolute carry job fighting as hard as he could on both ends of the floor to keep the Clippers in the game and get the Clippers the win. Insane the way he has shot the ball in this series. And especially from three, to shoot over 40% from three in the series for Russell Westbrook is crazy. But ultimately, what has really been the theme of this series is that the Phoenix Suns have the two best players in the series when Kawhi's out. And that is nothing to take away from Russell Westbrook, who you can argue has been better than KD in this series. Maybe, depending on what your criteria is, he's been the best player in this series. I tend to lean Devin Booker. He's the best player on the team that's winning 3-1. He's just been spectacular. I've been waiting for a game that Devin Booker doesn't play well. And the one game he didn't, he still shot 50%, which was game one. KD, I mean, he's been okay. It's Obviously, we hold him to such a high standard, but he was good in this game. I thought he was probably the player of the game in this one. And when those two get going, and then Chris Paul gets going, that was what was really frustrating. CP3 was getting going. And obviously, again, same thing. Totally different when he goes to his left. Norman Powell's being funneled to his left by Phoenix. We're funneling Chris Paul to his left and icing him to his left on all the pick and rolls as well. And going left, I think he made only one shot. I think three the whole series. But when he gets to that right, oh man. And he was able to get to it a couple times. But it was mainly just how well Chris Paul was shooting the ball from the outside in isolation which was getting him his points. And then catch and shoot, he was doing a little better. And when he made that turnaround in the right corner off an offensive rebound, it was that was just very demoralizing, and you just knew it wasn't the Clippers' day. And the Clippers lose it 112-100, to 100. even though they did a much better job taking care of the ball in the second half. They lose it 112-100 to 100 and drop to go down three games to one 
with a chance to be eliminated on Tuesday night. But coming up, going to be talking about Russell Westbrook. What did he prove in this series and just how great did he play? Going to be talking about that coming up. But before I do that, I got to tell you about prize picks. Every day of the NBA playoffs or finals, one prize picks user will re- will win a chance at becoming a millionaire. One entry placed after 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time will be randomly selected each day, and whoever placed that entry will be given a six-pick flex with the following payouts. Six correct picks equals a million dollars. Five correct picks equals $80,000. Four correct picks equals $16,000. You can find the full details at prizepicks.com million. You must opt in at this link to be eligible for the million-dollar entry, and once you opt in, all you have to do is play the game like normal and you could be the lucky winner. And Prize Picks is a daily fantasy app. It's not a sports gambling app and all you're doing is making entries, not bets. And on Monday, I am taking the over on Drew Holiday's points in a must-win game for the Bucks down 2 games to 1. I am also taking the under on Max Struess with 12 and a half points. I just have a feeling he will not have that much. As far as the Grizzlies-Lakers series, I really don't know what to pick for that one. So I'm just going to leave it at that because remember, you can pick two to six players. I only picked two there. I suggest you do the same. And you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. And it's not competing against other people. It's just you and the projections available. And Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. That includes the NHL, the NBA, and the NHL playoffs are in full swing. The Kings tied 2-2, blew a 3-0 lead in Game 4. Oh, my God. And entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals and currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Just download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Nissan's most electric player of the week is brought to you by the all new, all electric 2023 Nissan Aria. And my pick for that player of the week is Russell Westbrook. Because Russell Westbrook has just been awesome in this Sun series. He has been amazing when it comes to both ends of the floor, effort plays, leadership, keeping the Clippers in these games in which, you know, based on who's on the court on paper, they really have no business staying in these games. And, you know, some things about the Nissan Aria and Russell Westbrook that they have in common, they're both electric. I mean, I go to games with Russell Westbrook. He is the electric factory. There's no secret why he played for the Thunder. Brilliantly fierce. He is just, I mean, the definition of fierce. Stunningly powerful. I mean, yeah, when he gets in his bag, plays at that level, it is stunning and powerful. And both of them deliver on duality. The combination of fierceness and elegance, beautiful but strong. The Nissan Aria is the perfect SUV crossover. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin you to your seat power and premium intelligence all in one electric vehicle. The all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. The electric vehicle for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. Thanks for making Locked On Clippers your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. I'm going to be talking about Game 5, what the Clippers need to do to potentially get that win and keep the series alive. But let's talk about Game 4 some more. 
Russell Westbrook was just phenomenal in this game from start to finish, putting up 37 points to lead all scorers for either team on 17 for 29 shooting, 3 for 6 from deep. Weirdly didn't get to the line, though, even though he went to the basket so much. And the Suns, again, shooting over 10 free throws more than the Clippers. 21 for 27 in this game. The Clippers, 8 for 10. However, I still think even if all the calls were right, I still think the Suns would probably get around 10 more free throw attempts than the Clippers. I'm not blaming the officiating on this one. It's just kind of annoying that we never really got a home-centric whistle. And I think at times they got one. But it is what it is. It's the Clippers. I never expect anything from officials. Um, but Westbrook, 37 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists. Yes, he did turn the ball over 4 times. But considering just how well he played, I can't really criticize like that. 40 minutes played. His jumper was falling. He was attacking the basket. He was attacking KD. He was attacking Booker. He was attacking Shamit in the pick and roll in the first half. He was just unreal. I am so impressed with Russell Westbrook. It's, it's just insane. And I have to say... I really have to say that I apologize. I apologize to Russell Westbrook because I was, you know, anti him coming, even though he was and is one of my favorite players of all time. It's not that I didn't think he was good at basketball anymore. A lot of people were convinced of that watching him with the Lakers. And when I mean good at basketball, I mean at the NBA level. It's just that I didn't think that we needed to take a gamble on him after not playing very good basketball. And because, let's face it, my problems with, or I shouldn't say problems, but my doubts with Westbrook at the highest levels to win a championship in this big of a role, they still exist and they have not changed. The difference is the Clippers showed about three or four games into the Westbrook tenure and really by making the signing because they, the reason they made that signing is because things weren't going well. And when things aren't going well in game 65, it's really likely that you're probably not going to be winning the championship that year. So my expectation, I just gave up that expectation of winning the championship. Remember when I told you guys that over a month ago? I wonder how many of you guys kept believing. And I'm really sorry for those that really did. Because look, I mean, coming back from a 3-1 deficit without Kawhi and Paul George, I'm not, I mean, I'm not giving up hope that the Clippers can't win game five because I think anything's possible in a one-off game. But winning three in a row without Kawhi and Paul George against these guys, I mean, chances are like 2% in my opinion. That's just being honest. And I'm only telling you because, look, if you get your hopes up and then they lose, are you going to be more mad? Like, why do that to yourself? I don't know. Everybody has a different way to fan. I'm not here to police anybody, as, as, I've, been, as I've made clear throughout the season. But Russell Westbrook, as I said, I mean, you know, I got so mad at Paul George and, and Kawhi and Ty Lue for wanting him so bad, but I underestimated the playmaking and, and true passing mechanics of a true point guard that we've lacked. As I said, the best passer we've had since Chris Paul. I mean, he sees passes sometimes that I don't even see. And one thing that I love is he still has done the ultimate job of a point guard, and that's to push the right buttons when they need to be pushed. When Kawhi and Paul George have played, he has shown the ability to take a step back. When they're not playing, he has shown the ability to play at an all-star level again. He has shown exactly what everybody said across the hall that he could not show, that he wasn't willing to show. There have been games where Ty Lewis pulled him out and he has sat there, or stood I should say, cheered on his teammates on the sideline. And the fact that he has played every good game in the playoffs, because ultimately I kept saying, Russ fans, people that were pro-Russ move, don't do victory laps on me till the playoffs. 
because that's when he's ultimately going to be judged. We may be down three games to one, but even if he plays three bad games in a row, which is impossible because if the Clippers force a game seven, I guarantee you Russ will have good games. But let's say he plays terribly in game five. He will have still had four good games. Majority of the games in the series will have been good ones for him. And I'll take that all day long. It's much better than I expected. Before the series, I said this would be his best series since his MVP season. It absolutely has been. Do I think he'll ever be an all-star again? Probably not. But he's shown to still be that all-star caliber player. He has shown to still be the top three player on this team, third best player on this team. He has shown that when push came to shove, he played defense. He has been fighting over those screens, getting back into the play. He has shown to uplift the morale, not take away from the morale. He has shown to be good to the media, not moody with the media. And you know, I like John Wall. I really do. In fact, I love John Wall. But it seemed like the vibe around him, the players, from what I heard, it wasn't perfect. And John Wall, to me, when he was on the court, he wanted to show everybody that he was still John Wall. Russell Westbrook just wants to show that he can help win basketball games. And he has helped do that. And by the way, the one similarity they do have is that left-to-right crossover quick in transition where they look like they're going left and they go. John Wall's a little bit more of a carry where he literally is just, it's a sharp crossover, whereas Russ, he just switches hands more and bursts. And Russell Westbrook's athleticism at this age still is insane. The way he can still play every game. I mean, you know, considering what's going on with Paul George and Kawhi, Russ is the opposite of that. His durability, knock on wood, his tenacity, his passion, it's on full display every single night. And that's exactly why he has endeared himself to so many fans, including myself over the years. And, you know, this whole experience of having Russell Westbrook on the team has been, in my opinion, so much fun. It's surreal for me. You know, a kid growing up in L.A. whose dad went to UCLA, grew up with UCLA basketball, grew up with defending him at recess and lunch against KD fans and, and skeptics of his, to finally get him wearing, my, you know, my team's uniforms, seeing the red and white and blue Clipper jersey with Westbrook on it. This is a guy that averaged a triple-double four times. Yeah, yeah, he's not perfect. Is Paul George perfect? No, he's not. Is Kawhi perfect? No, he's not. Yeah, Kawhi's won a championship, though. I get it. But we have some doubts about Paul George at the highest level. You can't tell me that Russ hasn't been fun to watch. I mean, if you don't think that for, as a Clipper fan, you must just be a real Russ hater. Because even people that were with me on the fact that I don't think we should have gotten Russ have walked it back. We've loved Russ. Clipper fans have totally embraced him. We make so much noise for him when he's introduced. I mean, I I would be totally down at the right price to do the Russ experience again next year because at the very least, I know he's going to compete. He's shown us in the playoffs that he can play well now. He's happy to be here. And man, it is nice to have a true playmaking, great passing point guard. Coming up, though, going to be looking at game four, game five, what the Clippers can still do to prolong this series. Going to be talking about that coming up. The Ultimate Pro Basketball GM app is the coolest game I've played in a long time. I've always thought I would be a decent GM, always dreamt of being the president of basketball operations for the Clippers. But as it turns out, and as you might expect, it's not that easy. If you've had the same thought and fantasized about managing your own team, your own franchise, well, you can go and download the Ultimate Pro Basketball GM app right now. This game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise, playing through seasons and leading it 
and its fans to glory as you build a historic dynasty or are a terribly run organization. In the simulation, you're responsible for dealing with the right personalities, whether it be players, coaches, hiring the right coaches and assistants, the trading and training of players, making draft picks, navigating through free agency, the draft, everything. Locked On Clippers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up on the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com at Ultimate Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. All right, so, you know, a couple of tidbits in the game. As far as defending at the end, it's just too hard to defend those guys at the end of the game. Like, when they want to go one-on-one, you can double off of one, then someone else is open. And when Chris Paul is having a good game, it's just like, look, they have more quality. And by the way, before I finish off and, like, read the stats and look forward to the next game, I want to say, too, I can be wrong. And I'm very happy to be wrong about the whole Westbrook thing. I would love to see how you guys feel about this. So let me know. But I can be wrong, too. You know, hey, listen, I personally think I was right about Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris, that they shouldn't have been playing. Reggie Jackson is not playing for the Nuggets. Marcus Morris, you look at, see what he did. By halftime of the game, I was telling my dad, I was like, look, Ty Luke cannot play this guy too much. It's insane. And Nico Batum doesn't even play at all in the second half. I know he's been shooting poorly, but again, it's the leash difference. Nico goes 0 for 1 and isn't, he just sits on the bench, even though he plays much better defense than senior. Ah, it is what it is. The season's almost done, so I don't have to complain about it any longer, but... Senior, I love him. He's just cooked, though. His legs are just gone after the first quarter. And so, but yeah, moral of the story, I was wrong with Russ. Um, I think it was on Dime Dropper, not Locked on Clippers, where I said that I would still take CP3 over Russ. Last year, I think nine everybody that wasn't a Russ fan, if you're just a regular basketball fan, you would agree. I mean, Chris Paul's helping lead that team to 60-whatever wins. He had a perfect game in the playoffs against New Orleans. Until the Dallas series, he was, I mean, amazing. Russ didn't have a very good season. He had his worst season since probably his, like, sophomore year. So everybody would have taken Chris Paul if you weren't a Russ fan last season. But this season, oh, hell no. It's Russ all day. And I made a big mistake saying that. Because Russ, he's impressed me. It's just been unbelievable the way he's played. I'm so happy for him. I'm so happy for him. Even though we're we're probably not going to win this series, he's been vindicated. But yeah, I mean, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, when they get going like that in the tough in the fourth quarter, it's so tough. You know, I talked about the Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton pick and roll with Kevin Durant in the weak side corner, how hard that is to guard. How about Devin Booker handling the ball with Ayton in the pick and roll, going to his right with Booker uh, with Durant in the weak side corner? There was one play he slung the ball with his right hand across the court, very pinpoint pass. And you know, I don't mean to give the Suns too much praise because this is locked on Clippers, and I know you don't like hearing that. But Devin Booker is a very underrated passer, and he has been for three years now. And, I, I, you know, at the same time, like, I can't stand the Phoenix Suns. I really can't. It sucks to be losing to them. They're going to be the first team to beat us three times in the playoffs if they win this series. Um, and that really pains me as a guy that, you know, his first season rooting for the Clippers when he became a fan was in a season when we lost in seven to the Suns, and it broke my heart. As a little seven-year-old kid, I remember tearing up. I was tough. 2021 also tough this is going to be also tough as well but I got to give credit to Devin Booker man this is one of the in my opinion 10 or 11 best players in the league uh, his shot making is just spectacular he can do it going both ways you can't really funnel him either way 
He's good at stopping on a dime. The problem is he doesn't really get enough easy baskets, but in this series he's kind of proved that wrong. He's the only one, I think, of the Suns that has gone to the rim with frequency, and it's been so hard to guard him, so much so that Russell Westbrook, who has been our best on-ball defender in the series, fighting through screens and rolls and stuff like that, screen and roll and stuff like that, I should say, switched on a guarding Booker because he's been the more effective player than Durant. But KD in this one was my player of the game. He had 31 points, 11 rebounds, and 6 assists on 9 for 17 shooting and 3 for 4 from deep, including one shot with Robert Covington right in his grill. Devin Booker, 30 points, of the two of them combining for 61 points. And when you add Chris Paul, that's 80 between the three of them. Aiden, Aiden had a double-double, 15 and 13. Fairly quiet, though. Um, but, hey, that's still solid. 15 points, 13 boards on 7 for 13 shooting. Chris Paul, 19 points and 9 assists on 8 for 17 shooting and 3 for 6 from deep. As I said, Booker, 30 points, 9 rebounds, and 7 assists on 10 for 21 shooting and 3 for 6 from deep. But yeah, I mean, Marcus Morris, 3 for 13. If it's a Zubats, only 4 points on 2 for 5 shooting. Eric Gordon, 10 points on 4 for 8 shooting and 2 for 6 from deep. Norman Powell, 4 for 15 from the field and only 14 points. Nico Batum, 0 for 1. Robert Covington, 0 for 2 in 8 minutes. And again, you can't just expect to throw Rocco in there and have him just start playing amazing. It's just, it's not how that works. I said that all season. Bones Highland. So we saw a little bit more of that tiny ball stuff, um, but not as much with, you know, Terrence Mann at center type of thing. Um, a lot of just four guards around Plumley or three guards with Terrence and then Plumley. Bones Highland, he was all right. Five points, two for six in the field, one for five from three. All his threes were long. Could have really helped if he got some of those to go. But he had a good game in Game 3, so maybe that was his explosion game. It didn't feel like a Bones explosion, but he did play well. Maybe that's in the card for in the cards for Game 5? I don't know. But Mason, I thought, was really good. 8.6 rebounds and 3 assists on 3 for 4 shooting. Um, he was an even plus-minus. The, the best plus-minus on the team was Bones Highland with a plus-4, but I thought he was okay. I thought Terrence Mann was fantastic, though. Probably his best game of the series for me. 13 points, 4 assists, 5 of 9 from the field, and 3 for 4 from deep. His defense on Kevin Durant on various possessions in the first half especially was really good. He was doing a good job of, you know, keeping him from blowing by. And that's the one thing about Terrence is he struggles with those quicker guards. But against a guy like Kevin Durant, who doesn't have the quickest first step anymore, um, and he really just settles. Well, I wouldn't say settles, but his shots are contested jumpers. Terrence Mann can do a good job putting the hand up and staying strong. There was one time where he stripped KD. Well, he stripped KD twice. Stripped the ball from him twice in the first half. So, but in the second half, he took off and they got the job done. But as far as game five, you know, I think part of it is it's just you got to hope Devin Booker shoots poorly or one of KD or Booker just shoots poorly. Maybe two of the big four just don't have good games. And then they're, you know, you don't get much on their role players. And I really think it's going to take the Clippers to just be on fire from three. I, I'm talking 45% or more from deep. And heroics at the end of the game, like by Russ or Norm. It's very hard when they have the two best players in the series. Like, look, as I said, you can make an argument Westbrook has outplayed Durant and Brooke or Booker in the series, mainly KD to me. But I'm not taking Westbrook over KD as a player. No. Never then, never now. It's just being honest. Booker and KD are the two best players in the series when Kawhi is not there. And it shows in fourth quarters when the game's close. Because they have been tight. They have been tight. But talent wins out in the playoffs. It's about the guys. It's about the stars. It's about the dudes. And we're missing two of our dudes. And that's what it all comes down to. It's very unfortunate. That this happened again. But there's so much more to say. But we're not going to throw dirt on them just yet. We got a game five to play in Phoenix. 
Hopefully we'll get to see the boys back home one more time at least. But let me know what you thought. What was the biggest disappointment so far in these two games in L.A.? Because just not getting a win at home, it's just it just sucks. But you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeDropperPod. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel, DimeDropper, for even more Clipper content, raw reactions, and videos from the games. Obviously, I didn't get to go to Game 4. I had other obligations, but I was at Game 3, and I took a video, and it was awesome, um, despite the fact that we lost. But I hope to see them again play live this season. We'll see how it, we'll see how it goes. Thanks for making Locked On Clippers your first listen every day. Every day or so around the show, we're going to be previewing Game Five. What things the Clippers can do better? Maybe I'll review a little bit of the tape, see if I see anything. But a lot of it I thought was the same in Games Three and Four. The Marcus Morris decision to play him so much was just, I guess, kind of a microcosm of the season. Do I expect Paul George or Kawhi Leonard to come back in Game 5? No, I do not. And if you're the Phoenix Suns, you got to just finish the job right here. And it just pains me because after Game 1, I was going at Suns fans at Locked On Suns, and I was saying, Suns in 5? Yeah, right. And now I look like the fool. I hope those Suns fans should have some sympathy, though. That I mean, we all know if Kawhi was playing, it wouldn't have been Suns in 5. But, I mean, I said that two years ago. The age-old proverb continues. Go Clippers. Hopefully we can do something here in game five.